Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And for the first time in a long time, we're back in person, Boxhead. We sure are. What's doing? <laughs> Not much, man. Not much. Well, between, uh, obviously, a change, like we said, mid-year with the rugby league side of things, with the New South Wales Cup work and just life in general, we've obviously been doing a lot of these a lot later. Yeah, we also had both had COVID and... Over the phone, um, <clears throat> just time, so... Well, tonight, we had a win on the weekend in New South Wales Cup, so... I gave the boys tonight off training. Yep. So yeah. we're able to uh, do it in person. As we know, some weeks I fuck things up with work. I get call outs or I do nights. So well, no, no, it's not fucking things up. Nah, that's but it, life. Throws, it throws out the plan. That's life. Is more what I'm saying. But this Until is we're full time and doing it full time, then life is unfortunately going to take precedence. So This is one of those rare weeks, though. Well, uh, most of our listeners are understanding. Some need to give themselves a triple. Good stuff. But good to be in well, person. Good to see the kids and. Always enjoy dinner at yours on a Tuesday. He's yep. a good cook, people. Happy days. He's a very good cook. I quite enjoy coming here, but let's kick things off as we always do with a set of six, six thoughts, six topics, anything we want to talk about. And uh, the show, as always, brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, do it with the true blue Aussie bookie, bluebet.com.au. Download the app today or visit the website and charity bet update for the weekend. Had a bit of a wild lash, uh, longer odds on Paddy Carrigan, and we might have put the mockers on him because now he's suspended for four he's weeks. Gone. He broke Jackson Hastings' leg, and they got rolled by the Tigers. So, yeah. sorry, Paddy, we've uh, put the kiss of death on you. But opening up set of six, talking about that, I guess tackle one, a real talking point for a lot of people between last week and now this week, the inconsistency with the match review committee and the judiciary. It's one thing for things not to get picked up in game or to be put on report, and then you'd like to think you'd see some consistency, but people were very, very confused after what's just unfolded in this round. I'm a Melbourne fan. Some people think I'm biased. I'd like to think that most people on here don't think I'm biased, but I think it's crazy that Nelson didn't get suspended um, for that elbow. Me too. To not even be cited. And the King one, like I thought Waddell was harsh done by, so again, I, you know, the King one, I'm 50-50 on, but I... Basically, the theory is they said that they didn't have an on-field complaint. They don't have enough video evidence. But from the little bit of where his hand is compared to Waddell's, I know Waddell's probably had a little bit more video fusion or a bit more prolonged period and it had an on-field complaint. But I still find it crazy that one can be five weeks and one can suddenly just be zero. Um, Especially when they were pretty similar. Yeah. I, I, I still find Corey's one very, very harsh. But 
yeah, well, you can understand why people get frustrated. Mm. The Carrigan one, I know some people... Well, he's an easy guy to suspend. He's not a big guy. Oh, yeah. He's I... playing for a team that's out of the finals. I, I tend to think that comes into it as well. Yeah. Um, Corey, I'm talking about. Corey yeah, Corey. You're yeah. not talking about King. That's why I was no. confused for a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the other one, I guess, Carrigan. Anyone trying to defend that one, you need to give yourself a triple. As a coach and technique and what you do, being a third man in, the one thing we tell all our players is to not lose your legs. He had no reason to lose his legs. The fact that he grabs the hips and goes to slide down and drops his legs is the whole reason that action occurred. The Correct. man's not moving, and when you sit on someone's legs like that, it doesn't matter what your intent is, you put yourself in that position. So I'm not saying he did it on purpose, Correct. but the actions of dropping his legs is what's resulted in the injury. Yeah, We teach to hit above the knee, and you either want to push backwards, squeeze the legs together, and kind of do the lasso where you pull the legs out from under and you can drop the body to the ground. But under no circumstance, and it's the one thing everyone absolutely hates, same as when they dive in, if you lose your legs, you're putting dead weight through and you're trying to cause an injury. And even the ones where you go above the knee, which is technically legal, end up in an awkward position. And they're the ones that you put yourself in that 50-50 or that gray area where if it does go to the match review committee, which we clearly, as we're talking about right here, is a lottery, you put yourself at risk. So I can't defend Pat Carrigan's. I'm not saying he meant to do what he did. But in the moment, losing your legs is the worst possible thing you could think, have done. Yeah, it certainly. For the people saying, "Oh, that's coach," that that's not. It's you not never coach. coach. You don't coach players. You never to lose coach their legs. players to lose their legs. And you hear these but, stupid fucking media people say it again. Ah, oh, that they they practice this. Yeah. No, no one at training would do that to their own teammates. When you do do the it, the angriest person. It's fatigue. Watching that tackle would have been Kevin Walters. It's just or whoever yeah. the Brisbane assistant coach responsible for defence is. And I know, again, on top of that, some people go, well, there's been other ones, and I get that, but that's the point of this whole thing. The match well, review look, committee... Our, our, um, our pop's been saying this for 10 years, and he's old school. He, he, he believes that there should not minutes. be three... You should only be allowed to make tackles with two defenders. It's too hard, though. And I've counted this with him saying, well, sports, science, the people you got now, the way the games are played, like... Yeah, I'm not saying it's right. I remember I just, us hanging off Talmalala on the under-20s, and you just, we just had no hope. Mm. There's some guys that aren't... It's not capable... Physically possible, and I understand what he's coming from on the old school and the way things used to be, but it's like people that go, everything should be legs tackles. What do we do the wrestle, or what do we stop the ball for? Like, yeah. the, the ball is everything. That's why we attack the ball. Mm. It's, yeah, one of those things. But I can understand there would be some people on the Carrigan side of things. You can't defend the tackle, but you would have seen some through the year or inconsistency again on the level of charge, yeah. which is another thing that frustrates people. So that I can understand. Great. But heading into the finals, this is an issue. Yeah, We have blatant gaps in interpretation by the match review committee, which I thought was something that was starting to get better. And this new system of charges was brought in to have more fines and change the grading to try and avoid suspensions. But in the case of what's happened the last few weeks, I told a guy today at work that maybe they just get out the game. Remember the game Trouble? And it had the dice in the popper in the middle. So maybe they're just pressing on the popper of the dice at Game of Trouble and that's how they come up with the suspensions Mm. at this point in time. So... Yeah, well, I don't know, but it's it's, it's a worry it's a heading point. into the finals that massive, some things can be worry, missed yeah. so much and other things are so clear cut. But yeah, just getting that right so everyone feels like you know things are There's being some consistency. Judge feeling we have that. Consistency. But we're never we're never going to get it. We talk about it on the podcast. And we have done for what is it our ninth year now? Yeah, we've but a lot of people were angry this week. And for the, the entirety yeah. of our existence as a podcast. A lot of people are angry this week, and rightly so. And again, I've just told you that I would, would have hap- would, would have copped both our players being suspended from the storm. Yeah. I'm not defending any of that, but I understand the frustration. Yeah, yeah, I get so it. It's just one of those things, I guess, where we talk about refereeing and all these sorts of things. But of all things, when you've got over and over again, 
video footage, evidence, a match review committee, how you fuck some of these things up, I don't know. Mm. You have all the time in the world between ex-referee, player, like God knows who they are, and they rotate people through to come up with the right decision. And it just seems to be a bit of a lottery at the moment. So fingers crossed we don't have anything, uh, you know, really bad happen. Got my fingers crossed. Heading into the finals. But um, the other one, I guess, charge-wise, and, you know, this one's not probably a consistency thing, but um, Cleary obviously got a hefty charge, big dent. On the Panthers side of things, you're happy with the grade three? And I am. Yeah, second. I thought it was fair. I, 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 look, <clears throat> it was. Uh, I thought Ivan Cleary articulated it really well after the game that the defenders who were up top actually had some responsibility in that tackle to stick yeah, they sort and of ensure that when his legs went from underneath him and the weight of the tackle yeah, shifted from hold. lower to the top, that they hold that weight and put him safely on the ground. It was just one that went wrong. Yeah. Uh, he certainly should not have lifted and then driven the way he did. Dylan Brown landed on the back of his neck. If Dylan Brown had a straight neck, a straight neck, he lands on the point of his head. It's it's yeah, it could have been could have been diabolical. So, but the intent of the tackle, I don't think there was a lot of intent no. or malice Similar in it. To Carrigan. I don't but think there still, was you need intent. to pay the penalty for yes. that type of tackle, and I think five weeks is the right. Because of the possible the right outcome, I, th- I thought suspension was the right call on, during the game. I thought the referee did it really. Oh, sorry, yep. send off, not suspension. Well, I kind of look at it this way. Someone I thought said it was it a today. great call, and he did it quickly. There was no mucking around. No. It was look at it. Here we go. I'm pretty comfortable with the decision I'm going to make. Come here, explained it well. See you later. Penrith got on with it. There was no bitching and moaning, and the game, the game got on with it. Mm. It's good. Um, I sort of said it to you at the time. Like I only heard the radio and then I only saw a quick replay. I've watched it back since on a decent screen actually watched the game. It was bad, but I think more my point, similar to what you're getting at, I think like the Carrigan thing, that wasn't his intent, but when you have these tackles where you want to get someone to the ground, you hook the legs, sort of felt like it was going to be a three-man tackle, and before you know it, he's yeah, sort of finished it on his right. own, and the result ended up very bad. But originally, when I saw it only on a phone or a quicker replay, I sort of thought to myself, well, I think the Lawton one's worse. I think I've seen other ones that were worse, but he also had a prior charge, which leads to the escalation in grading, which led to the five weeks. So mm. it's a very, very long stint. Um, Penrith obviously feeling that because they've also lost Graham Luai, but they got through the origin period without him. They also won their first four games without Nathan there. I know Jerome was there, but they've got some great backups. This is a good way or a good time, I guess, if you're Penrith, to look at this in a positive light, which is they're three clear on top. They've got some tough games on the way home. They're going to get some games into some guys that they might have to call on through the finals period. So, if anything, this is a situation where you look at Ivan Cleary and go, all right, we just accept the challenge. Yeah. And we, you know, take this on in our stride and we just keep building and we get ready for week one. Correct. So, yeah, uh, yeah we move on from that one and tackle two. On the back of some of that news, the finals race. I said it a few weeks ago where we're sort of sitting there looking at Penrith going, well, no injuries, no suspensions. Most representatives in the rep round, most players in the origin period, the things are just going too good. And sometimes when things are going too good, you're just waiting for something to happen. Yeah. And much like people are talking about the downfall of Melbourne, and I think I like I said it to you, I, do, I can't remember a period like this. And the NRL physio, who I really, really like some of the stuff he posts up, now he did an update of, I think I sent to you that photo mid-season about teams that have the most individual injuries of five weeks or longer. So obviously good stints where you know you're missing somebody. Melbourne went from somewhere near the bottom of that list at the start of the year where we were talking about teams like Newcastle and Souths who weren't doing well. Melbourne are now top of that list. They have 14 five-plus-week injuries across their top 30 yeah. and above. And around them, 
the roosters and souths. But the crazier part here, which is the funny thing we look at when we talk about good clubs and surviving, people are talking down these clubs. They're all still in the top eight. They're all still adjusting. They're all still adapting. They're all still surviving. Newcastle, probably rightfully so, 12, five-plus week injuries. They've struggled. They're not playing well. They've obviously got other issues. But then I looked at the flip side of that ladder. The team with the least amount of long-term injuries is the Tigers. So for the most part of the, the season... Titans? Uh, I think it was the... Yeah, it was, it was the Titans. Titans, sorry. Titans, yeah. So you look at that and you go, not only are they coming last, they've also got the least amount of excuse. That doesn't mean the quality of the rosters match up, but if somebody's lost you know, the majority of their roster for extended period of time, origin representation, all that sort of thing, speaks to the difference between the way clubs are running. And Brisbane were also one that was on the lower end of the spectrum. They've now had a couple of injuries. They've had some representation, so they probably feel on the pinch a little bit more. Yeah. But I just found it really interesting looking at that graphic. But going off that, because I've gone way off topic, Things have sort of opened up the last few weeks. We had Penrith sitting clear atop. People were talking down the Melbourne side of things for what they've sort of dealt with, but Cronulla have now lost Sione Katoa, and now it looks like Will Kennedy's out for the rest of the season. They've definitely got cover, but it still hurts, and it hurts the continuity, and you've got to change things a little bit. Penrith, both their halves are out. They're going to have to play these last five games. Does that affect people's confidence? Can they keep building on what they're, you know, sort of having their side? I'm pretty sure the halves will plug in and do a good job, but... You know, come week one, does it put you at a disadvantage when your halves haven't played for over a month? 100% it does. Mm. The beauty is you're going to get those two chances. Parramatta, as we see, that sporadic nature of them losing some games that you just cannot believe and then playing the way they did in the first half. Uh, you know, the Roosters and their situation. South have obviously got some players back and have been on the climb. The Cowboys situation, this opens up a little bit more with Penrith. Uh, there's just been a lot happening in the last few weeks to sort of bring things a little bit more back into play. And I'm definitely not saying that Penrith suddenly have come tumbling off the top, but this situation with Nathan and Jerome potentially missing for the next five or six weeks uh, is big. And Well, the blessing is that that tackle wasn't in the first week of the finals. Exactly. Because that had in their season. Exactly. But I think most definitely some of these injuries and occur- things that have occurred um, over the last few weeks has brought a lot more interest back. And then you've got, obviously, Brisbane, who are going along nicely. You lose to... The Tigers, and now you've lost Pat Carrigan as well. So all these teams where things were looking like they were going pretty smoothly, yeah. there's been a cat thrown amongst the pigeons. So these last few weeks is going to be very interesting. Plenty to play out, you know, with the top four situation. There's now a deadlock for fourth between Melbourne, the Eels, and the Broncos. South off that loss, sit in seventh. Canberra mm-hmm. and the Roosters are coming up the rear there, fighting for eighth with ten. And I dare say that Manly and the Dragons are on live support now. Not only do they have to win their way back in, but their four and against is terrible. So yeah. I wouldn't say just yet it's a nine-team comp, but it's going to be pretty hard for anyone else to fight their way into that spot. So uh, a lot to play out. And Cronulla, like I said, very important win given the losses they had the other night and the way they played. Um, and the Cowboys, really, really tasty position to be in now given the fact that last week they probably shouldn't have got that two points and the Penrith situation right now. I've seen a lot of people sending me photos that they've bet on the Cowboys at $23 to somehow roll Penrith from the minor premiership. I think that's going to be pretty hard. They play each other the last round. Even if Penrith only won one more and they won four games, the turnaround in four and against, they're going to have to make up 100 points over the next four weeks. Yeah. So Penrith are going to have to have some pretty big losses, I think, for the Cowboys to overturn that. And they're obviously going to have to go four and one themselves and or five and oh. Hmm. Um, so interesting, but yeah, top four still open. Um, and very interesting, like you said. It's just week to week. This is the thing about post-origin. It's such a long time still to get to the finals. And if anything, you're kind of sitting on your hands hoping that you don't get injuries or suspensions. And that's certainly hit hard the last two weeks. Absolutely. So let's see how that wild ride plays out. 
tackle three. Um, this is more on the coaching side of things. And what I saw on the weekend, I travelled to Newcastle on Sunday. It was Vaughan's 200th game. Uh, went up there and on the Newcastle side of things, it was they were awful to watch. Mm. And I feel bad because I said it to you before, like they always seem to get a good crowd. It's the first time I've been to McDonald's Jones Stadium. Their fans were awesome. Yeah, The ground was awesome. They all still rolled in. Sunny day, like they're all still keen as mustard. I didn't hear booing. I didn't hear anyone carrying on a bag. And, like, they, they roll up for their team, but what they've been dished up this year has just been obviously horrendous. Um, and then on the way home to hear that press conference on the radio... And Adam O'Brien's comments, I just thought, man, he wanted to take those comments back real quick. He smart. did today, I think. Um, but <clears> I, I guess see his press conference today, but apparently, yeah, he <sighs> said he didn't articulate it as well as what no, he, he didn't. It was, it was more of a "it's it's not me, it's you" type thing to a girl by basically saying, "Well, I've been involved with grand finals and probably giving himself a little bit too much credit for those situations that he's been in where he was an assistant, he yeah. wasn't the head coach, he wasn't a head honcho, and it's all well and good, like we said, to come from those clubs, but that doesn't mean you're going to be a successful." head coach, but then he's also flipped it the other way in the sense of, well, I know what these habits are, you don't unlearn them overnight, it's going to take time. Well, it's been three years, the coach before you got a similar amount of time, you've gone finals, finals and slowly gone backwards, lost players and had some issues, obviously where someone's wanted to leave and some other guys having some unrest, so it's clearly not bubbling along well, mm. but I guess my ultimate question at the end after looking at that and looking at those fans' support and their undying and wavering support, they definitely deserve better. If you're the Knights, do you persist for another year? Does he need more help? Because they've probably put a little bit too much faith in him given the apprenticeship he did, which at times can pay off for you, but it obviously hasn't. So Peter Parr's been a hire this week, former North Queensland football manager. He's someone to come in and help out. And I think, again, the guy in that role previously, Danny Badiris, great football player, but again, inexperienced in that role. So certainly helpful for O'Brien, helpful for Badiris. But do you think he needs more help around him? Is that something that's maybe been lacking, or is this a situation where things are? I think it's a situation taking where... a turn for the worst, and maybe they do look to head in a different direction. Like I don't think you can do the, let's see, eight to ten weeks next year. I don't think you can waste another year because then you've got to burn a season, hire another coach, then you kind of go on that retrack. I think they need to make a decision right now after three years and where things are. And I know the halfback situation hurt, but he also partly contributed to the way that was handled. Well, that's that's is this our coach? Bolt of this. That's the nuts and bolts. The nuts and bolts is, not is that... <clears throat> well, the coach has made that decision, so the coach has actually contributed to the issues that he's facing. You should never have let Mitchell Pearce go. Never, ever, ever let Mitchell Pearce go, particularly, as I said at the time, when you don't have someone just as good there or about to walk into the door. I understand the hard part of this was they had the off-field incident. Who cares? They had him on contract. Then they changed off-field their... incidents happen at every oh, no. club. They changed their offer... And then he sort of felt, I guess, by the end that they kind of flipped it on him and that when they won seven of the last eight that maybe it was more important than they let out and they still sort of weren't being forgiving. So he just sort of thought to himself, I'm going to take myself out of the end of the line. The we're speaking about mm. both let their halfback go last year. Yeah. The Gold Coast and Newcastle. Yeah. Didn't they both play finals last year? Yep. Now both of them are anchored at the bottom. What's the common denominator? Yep. They, they let their halfback walk out the door. And now it's there's obviously just other a issues. Absolute cardinal sin. Yeah, yeah, of course. There's mm. other other issues that have contributed to that. Both teams also have a lot of money tied up in players who aren't playing their best football. No, most definitely not. Um, and, and they've that's... also just invested heavily, like we said, in a, a player who probably hasn't delivered yet on the money he was already on. He's been upgraded and extended very much long term. Mm. So that's a huge decision. Yeah. But I guess he. Do you think they persist for another year? Is that Peter Parr thing, you're positive, better assistance, like more help around him? I think Peter or... Parr, 
Peter Parr will be a very good manager. Peter Parr, again, he has worked in for the New South Wales Blues. He was at the Cowboys for a long period of time. I've never met the guy, but you only hear good things about him. So that that's certainly going to help. But in the end, it's the nuts and bolts. It's the, the coaching that's going on. It's the buy-in from the playing group, and it's the players that run out on the field every week and their ability to execute what you want them to do. There's obviously a disconnect there at the moment. Mm. I think particularly defensively, they're coming up with some really, really poor stuff defensively, which has got to concern Adam O'Brien. And that, that was part of what he said in his press conference. We need to get and work on our attitude in defence. I also just think attitude they're in defense, one of the though, is worst attacking teams in the comp. They're so predictable. It would concern me if I was coaching the Newcastle Knights at the moment. I would yeah. be concerned. Because like you said, defense... Not, not for all the formalities, mm. but for my connection with the playing group, Yeah, my relationship with the players, how much trust and respect they have for me. That's my opinion. Yeah. I, I'd be concerned about that. Systems are one thing, but attitude's everything. You can put systems in and, and you can have breakdowns, but attitude... This, is, this was a thing that really, you know, out of that whole press conference on the weekend, it's like, I know the systems that they have. I know it will... Yeah, that doesn't mean shit if they don't buy into that. They don't give, you yeah, know, play every, with that everyone, attitude. That everyone has similar systems. Yeah. They might tweak it here and there, but it's not so much about what system you have. It's can you coach it? Can you get your players to do it? Can you get your yeah, players to buy, buy into it? Do they have the attitude and commitment to you and each other to buy in? Because clearly right now... And, and does the system that you're trying to implement suit the players you've got? Exactly. And I think also on the flip side of that, he was praised a lot attack-wise and then had his role at the Roosters and gone there. I haven't seen any changes or any real improvement on their attack mm. at all over the three well, years. I think if I, anything, it's gone backwards. Andrew Johns was pretty... He bagged him out on the Sunday footy show this week, and I thought I thought he was assistant coach there. It's a bit rich for him because all these clubs he's been into as well. And I know that, yeah, they've caught some heat for their attack this week. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, they haven't had a lot of continuity in the halves, which is difficult. Pong has been in and out, which has been, again, difficult. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what else to say. You know, at least if they can get their attitude right, then it's going to help them. Well, the first few rounds we saw that attitude, did uh, mm. Certainly yielded some results. I know you could cop losing if they were, they trying. were competing, yeah, and you could see that there was effort there and that they were trying to execute what you've practised all week. Mm. And it's also what's coming in. Like, the half situation's still unresolved. Milford, they've tried to keep. He's heading out the door. Clifford played his first game on the weekend after his issues, and that's obviously something they've got to think about. Clune's obviously not a long-term replacement. He's probably a good backup buyer, a good plug for a year, which is basically what's been the case. Mm. Uh, young Simi Sasagi, who's playing in the centres mm. and the wing in a few different roles for him, come through the grades as a gun number well, six. Clune, sort of... Clune's been named to play us this weekend. Mm. So, you know, they've made multiple changes that area. Braley being back is obviously helpful, but he's had three years of bad injuries, so that's a situation that concerns. But realistically, the halves pairing's an issue. And then you've got Massive, the right. Clemmer thing that's happened over the weekend. Well, Clune got all the plaudits after the first couple of rounds. Yeah, well, Clifford was leading the down. He was the, it was a half that we you know, had to have and we needed and see, we don't need Mitchell Pierce, yada, yada, yada. That was a narrative. Mm. And Clifford, yeah, and like you said, Clifford, it was, you know, look at him. He, he needed to get out of North Queensland. This is what the under-20s form was. This is why he was NYC Player of the Year. This is all that potential unfolding. And yeah, there is other layers to it. There's other guys that certainly haven't performed as well uh, across the year but it just it just seems to be more going on um, so I don't know where they go well it definitely is their, their, their attitude says that tells you that 
my narrative again, and I've plugged this plenty, and I know a lot of people hate the name, but I'm going to bring it up, and it's going to link into one of my next points as well, but I still cannot believe that nobody has hired Shane Flanagan. I really can't. And I know people go, well, he did this, and he did that, and there's a stink about him. I'm like, yeah, well, there's some bits well, and pieces. You also don't know that people haven't tried to hire him. Well, he made his intentions loud and clear for the Bulldogs job, which is obviously yeah, that's never going to happen. There's been a lot of jobs but that come I up. I think he just certainly would have been interested in any job because he was interested in that mm. one. I think he basically could throw his hat in the ring for any sort of gig. Mm. Um, I'm, I still think internally he's at the Dragons that I wouldn't be surprised if they were taking a look inside under the hood there if they've given him a role. But mind you, they tend to go for their own. So I think if something happens with Hook, they might look at Riles or a, or a Dean Young. Uh, that seems to be more the ilk of their decision, but... When I look at a Newcastle and where they're at and people are saying he's not developing players, there's not things coming through, there needs to be changes, there's not a good attitude, defence isn't good. I just think Flanagan, Sharks, rock bottom, junior base, development, tough, gritty, ugly, slightly added polish to it, won a comp, consistent over a decade. Yes, there were some mistakes made and I can't defend those mistakes, but the guy can coach whether you like it or not. So, yeah. Um, the one off the back of that was a similar situation, asking a similar question where I, I probably feel a little bit more adamantly about this one in terms of Holbrook uh, and the tight situation over the year. Hasn't played out well. And I know a lot of people, again, have said it this week that you know he's the one who made that mistake. It wasn't all him that let Fogarty go. Mm. Their CEO is the one who came out and said that Toby Sexton's our halfback next year after they just re-signed Fogarty. So you put him between a rock and a hard place. Mal Meninga and plenty of other people have also had their fingers on recruitment, whether it be feeder and other contracts and a lot of decisions. And I think the biggest problem I have with the Titans situation, like all things, is he's taken all the heat because he's the head coach. I'm not saying he's without account, but all the mistakes aren't just Holbrooks. I think similarly, he needs more help or they need better people in those positions. Yeah. Mal Meninga can't be part-time and talk to a player here or there and want to spend money without having an understanding of the salary caps and the ramifications and how a club works and other people in those departments as well. They got rid of... I think he's high performance manager. They got rid of Jim Dimmick. Like, if, if you're worried about all those sort of things or you want to support a guy who I think was showing promise, give him good assistance. Put better staff around him. Get someone in who's actually going to be there all the time in terms of recruitment, development, retention, and like contracts. Don't just wheel in Mal Meninga for culture and this, that, and the other. And, you know, if you're the GM, pop your head in every now and then. Like, there needs to be more in your football department than everything just pointing at your head coach because 12 months ago when you gave him that extension he was the best thing since sliced bread now yeah. suddenly he can't coach but you've given him the youngest spine or the sure. most inexperienced spine in the competition you've thrown Toby Sexton under the bus with absolutely no help this year you've got a young Tino who I said to you off air a few times that I you know it's, it's easy for me to say again but if I'm Tino right now would I have been better off at Melbourne on 700, 750 for five years, knowing that I've got help, support, and some good structure around me? Or am I going to burn out playing for $900,000 and going nowhere? And it's like, is yeah, it going well, to short my career? And I think you know that. These are those decisions you know where, again, right. at times, like, it's this This isn't just all on one person. There's a lot more to this. So I have the same situation again where I don't think they can go into next year and do the whole six, eight, 10, 12 week setup. They need to make a decision now. If they're off Holbrook, and they're done with Holbrook, he has to be gone at the end of the season. And I don't agree with that. But I think similar to the Newcastle situation, you've got to make a decision. Yeah. And the name I use again, same one I used before. All these clubs look at the next best thing. Most of these assistants don't pan out. I'm not saying they don't deserve the opportunity, but a lot don't pan out. 
because unfortunately you go to these places where you don't have the best help around you yeah. or you don't have the best infrastructure or they don't have things in place for you to succeed straight away. You see a rare exception like the Todd Payton situation where he did 12 months of dirt work and clearly saw something there that others didn't see and implemented a lot of stuff and it sort of worked out for him. But if you're going to go to market again, like I look at a club like that and think basic same thing you talk about all the time. What's their issues? Development, defense, general attitude, like all those sort of things. I just look at someone like a Flanagan and go, that's someone who can do a lot of things and doesn't need, not saying doesn't need a lot of help, but he needs a lot less help than others. Yeah, so I, I agree. Two that. clubs I sort of look at and go, that's a prime candidate to fix a club there or put long-term development into a club. But I don't know. Yeah. Do, you, do you think Holbrook's been sold up the river a little bit or he's got more or less responsibility? Oh, I think, again, he's he made a decision to let Fogarty walk and now he's paying the price of that. I think he tried to dilute and keep multiple players happy across positions where he's trying to fit them all in the team but not actually pick them in their best position. And he probably just needed to make a hard call and say, listen, Fogarty's our best Number seven. Seven. Fullback, AJ or Jaden Campbell, etc. Like Jaden Campbell, you play on the wing. Just come up with and something. Learn and learn and, you know, do what the good clubs do. The good clubs will put young fullbacks on the wing and let them learn. And mm. I don't think... I, I know a lot of people have said Brimson was a 5'8 coming through. But you can be, you can yeah, be any position coming through. See what happens when you go to NRL level. You're breaking down... Organised defensive lines, structured defensive lines. It's not. It's not that yeah. easy. You can't again, just. You can't just. You know, project no. based on the lower grades that you know. Oh, he went okay in that position, so he'll be yeah. fine in the NRL. He him works. also as a six in their current setup struggles with the sexting because he's not as experienced either. He needs help, and then he thinks he has to be more a ball player or more helpful, which is not his strength. He overthinks when he plays six. He plays better when he's at one because he just runs and plays his natural game. I think Clark and Booth as well. Sort of undervaluing that position. Yeah, well, they. Certainly I think you did. were you were probably right. They probably should have kept Mitch Rain. Well, I to think play nine. It, it, I'm not saying he's, he's a starter. Okay but at New South Wales Cup level for Parramatta, but you know he's been kept had. out via a pretty good hooker. Yeah, but just what what, what they had, I didn't mm. understand for a minimum wage, which Parramatta got him for. Yeah, like and the thing about Booth, if they committed to Booth, they didn't even put him on a top thirty deal. They had to wait until after the deadline for development players to play him. Yeah, so he's playing okay. He's done an okay job. But again, he's a middle-aged hooker who come from the storm system he's picked up who you can't even use for half a season. Yeah. So you basically put all your eggs in one basket with Clark, who again was another under-20s kid, played in a completely different setup at the Warriors, which is a power-based game, and he's a runner. He's not a clean, crisp nine who manipulates and works trucks and you know manipulates defenders or pulls guys out of shape. It's just dump and run. If you get a quick play of the ball, Aaron Clark's out. He's a physical beast. Yeah. And I think we've seen he's adapted well to that 13 role he's played the last few weeks. He's been really good in that role. So I think there's something there for that side of things. Yeah, Certainly looks more a first grader play in that role. And he does have a pass from that position, which we're seeing more and more. If you've got a little bit of skill, good footwork, leg speed, and you can link between your halves, that role is now very much back in vain. But in terms of nine, yes, they've super undervalued that position. Yeah. Bit of talk this week that they might be getting Verrills out of the Roosters. I think Verrills, given the cap situation, the Roosters moving forward is a bit of a luxury. So I'm assuming their thoughts are with Brendan Smith coming, letting Lussick go, who probably wasn't going to get a run, and the fact that you know, you've know you got halves coming through, which is the reason why they've let a Volkman go or a Lamb go when you've got a Sand and Smith and 
Sam Walker and guys are going to have to keep on their books. I think they probably look more at a guy like Hutchinson knowing they don't have to break the bank for him, but he can play half a hooker. Yeah. So I'm not saying that's bulletproof, but then on top of that, we know in their system, young Tommy Deacon, I think he was on the Central Coast side of things. He's yeah. played a little bit of cup. He's only young right now, so they know they've got guys coming through. But I think Verrill's, if healthy, is certainly an upgrade on what you've got. I'm not saying it solves the problem, but that's certainly much more equality in our old nine and a proper nine to be playing, you know, if not 80 minutes, at least 60 minutes, and then be complimented by somebody else. Yeah. But I still think that's definitely an area yeah, they could do at least two players of. Or if you like Booth, Booth can be your backup, but he needs to actually be in your top 30. Yeah. Um, they dabbled with Tanner Boyd. I thought they needed to make a decision. They've been hokey-pokey in and out on that as well. He's a half, he's a nine, he's a half, he's a nine. He's one or the other. Make a decision. Okay. So, yeah. I don't know. But in terms of the coaching thing, like, again, there's a lot of these clubs that are up in there, but those two in particular, there's just been a lot around. I'm like, you've come too far, you've gone too far, there's too much leaking out. Seal up your doors, make a decision, look at your club as a whole. Is it the coach? Is there other things? Have you let them down? Have you made poor recruitment decisions? You need to put all the cards on the table and make a decision. Because if you go into next year and do this whole thing where it's, oh, we'll go six or eight weeks and fuck around and see what happens, you're just wasting time. You really are. I don't Absolutely, know what we said. Yeah. People go, oh, there's not a lot of coach out. I'm like, again, you want to talk about all these assistants, but there's genuine a genuine premiership winner there who, yeah, you may have a few marks on him, but in terms of the coaches that are available, I still think the best coach that's available has not even really been spoken about or considered for a lot of jobs. Mm. And if I'm a club, I'd, honest, I'd be willing to take that risk to, compared to picking up an assistant for one of the successful clubs where the track record doesn't really turn out to be that great most of the time. Yeah. But we'll see how things play out the rest of the year. For the Titans, who unfortunately now find themselves um, are solely at last after the Tigers bounce back with a bit of a win this week. Tackle five. Uh, I don't know your thoughts on this one, but the transfer setup and everyone's been blowing up and, you know, the top fours, cherry picking this, that and the other. Um, I think Volandis has come out and said that there was basically for the COVID situation. We know that. Um, and that next year it'll go back to normal, which will be June 30. So obviously not as deep into the year. Not as much time, probably won't be as much movement, sort of unlike now where you've got clubs late in the year with injuries looking to pick up players. But on the flip side of that, I've heard Lee Hadjipantelis today saying, you know, these guys are cherry-picking. It's like, well, you're also gaining a benefit as well. You're the one who's pushed two players out the door who you clearly don't want there for a financial benefit yeah, for no next year. Yeah, no one held a gun to your head. To so no one made you give an off aluminum Melbourne. No one made you give Oliver Gildart to the Roosters last minute. You're collecting cash to push forward to next year to load up and go to market. So... Stop bitching about it. No, like they're talking like they're going in and just shopping for their players. You have to say yes. That's right. So but ah, oh, David Offerlin is a marquee. So well, if he's such a marquee player, why has he played New South Wales Cup the last six weeks? He's yeah. an NRL player, hundred percent. He's a good NRL player, but clearly they're off him. So mm. they've let him walk out the door. Gildart, they've clearly just admitted that they've fucked up. They've barely played him. They've moved positions in New South Wales Cup, and now they've loaned him to the Roosters, who he probably won't even get a start for. But they're looking at their situation with their injuries, going well. This is a good depth player for us. So, you know, I see both sides of it. And then hypocritical of some people going, oh, it's not a good look. And, you know, no one had a problem in the situation. Like, is, is it different because Lodge was released that he signs with the Roosters? You've you got no problem with that. That's You're telling me that's not a benefit? Yeah. Oh, it's not a loan. It's like, well, he still was with another club and he's a very handy player to pick up for next to nothing for the end of the year. Yeah. Penrith did it last year with Pangai Jr. I didn't have a problem with it. It was within the rules. Yeah. He was released. They were allowed to pick him up. I think they need to move the the date back. 
I think I'm with you on that. But in terms of the, the questions around it, like, that's up to the clubs. But if you're the Tigers, don't complain or come out today and go, oh, you know, they're cherry picks. Like, you, you agreed to it. You're getting the financial benefit for next year as well. So don't make it out like it's just one-way traffic. Mm, exactly. But, yeah, I found that interesting. And, again, not everyone's going to agree. I agree we don't want to see Walsh's or these type of guys or Dewey's, but a club wouldn't be doing their job if the system's in place by not doing their due diligence. Yeah. And that's what they did. They rang up, they hit the phones, they've got lots of injuries, they're trying to win a competition. Yeah. If clubs are willing to offload players... Well, they're doing the best thing by their club. Clear salary cap. And I also found it hypocritical uh, today. They're like, oh, well, Melbourne even rang and had the high to ask for Walsh. I'm like, well, Brisbane did the same thing. Because obviously they're getting him next year. Oh, well, that's different. He's going the next year. It's like, well, he's not signed there now, is he? Mm. So it's no different. If they get him right now, it's the same point. Everyone's looking for an edge. If it's within the rules, every club's going to do it. Every club's entitled to do it. If you don't like it, change the rules. But I personally like the loan system, but more for the purpose of how they use it in England. If you've got a good young guy like Melbourne did with Harry Grant and the Tigers, you put him out for a year. They didn't have a hooker. They got the benefit of having a quality nine for a year. Melbourne got the quality of the development of him playing first grade. And then on the flip side of that, they had multiple guys in their backline positions. We picked up a solid first grader in Paul Momorowski who ended up getting injured, but both teams got something they needed. And sometimes on the flip, it could just be one way, which happens a lot in England, which is younger guys going out to clubs who need a player in a key position and they don't have it within their setup and you benefit with the development. Yeah. So I understand the lateness is a bit awkward and it feels like it's the top teams that are trying to do it, but while it's within the rules, all clubs are going to do it. Correct. So, you know, it'll change, but yeah, don't forget to mention the ramifications financially for the Tigers who have agreed to that and also get to bank that money out for next year. Correct. So don't complain. And tackle six to finish this off. Our power rankings brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. Inflation, interest rates, bills are through the fucking roof. It's incredible. Said it the other week. I think it was $88 per kilowatt hour or something stupid like that. It's almost up to 400 and something ridiculous. All that stuff is going through the roof. So if you've ever looked, there's never a better time, honestly, to look at a solar system. It'll be one of the best investments you will make. But in particular, if you're in the Western Sydney area, Tackle those rising bills head on with the help of Solar Energy. The team at Penrith Solar are passionate about helping you sin bin your electricity bills and putting money back into your wallet and your family's back pocket. Visit the website today, www.penrithsolar.com.au or call 182930. Jake and the crew still got to go look at that new monstrosity of a warehouse he's got there. Old Elon of Penrith. Mm. Number one, who you got? Penrith. Still Penrith. I'm with you. Number two. Uh, Cowboys. Yep. I've got the Cowboys and at three, obviously still the Sharks. Yep. Four. Do you have any movement? Uh, Parramatta. Yep. I bumped them up as well. It was a big win. Who you got at five? I don't know. Who you got? Uh, this one was a bit awkward. I still left Storm and South down. Yeah, I've got Brisbane. I, I shuffled Brisbane to five, yes. Yeah. Um, I know Carrigan's a big out and that was a bit of a bit of a bad loss, but yeah. Uh, they've still got some quality there. Six I've left south. Yeah, stuff. me too. Thought they were good, but at the same time, Cronulla missed 43 tackles, had 19 errors. They had their chances, three pops at field goal, and Cronulla still held on. Mm. So, But they've been in very, very good form. Seven, I've kept the Storm. Yeah, that's and fair. And eight, I've got the Roosters. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously on the outside looking yeah, in Raiders. is obviously Canberra. Mm. So they're that tiny team sitting out. Um, and they're going to get a, we're going to get a real example of where they're at this week. They get Penrith without their halves down at Canberra. Huge opportunity. It's one win that, that 
I'll put them in my power rankings next Well, with week. the games they've got on the back of that, I'm not saying they're easy because teams like the Tigers and that sometimes play spoil at the back end of the year. Um, mm. Their draw is the most favourable, but they've got a real good opportunity this week. Yep. So there you go. They're the power rankings brought to you by Penrith Solar Centre. Again, visit that website today or call 1800-2029-30. Invest in a system. Help yourself. Help your family. Get the benefits to your back pocket. Reviewing the games from the weekend. Let's get straight into it. Roosters, Manly. There's not a knot to review. We went through all the off-field stuff uh, last week, but 12-0, they were cruising. They looked like they were there to do a job, and I was actually pretty disappointed. I thought the Roosters went well off the boil. They were ill-disciplined. I thought they were two sideways before they were going forward, and the amount of errors, 60, 60% completions, I, I thought overall it was a pretty shit game, pretty ugly, but a win's a win. Yeah, they looked as, as distracted as Manly did. Mm. Um, very disappointing because I sort of thought Despite all the noise, for him to go yeah, with it. this is one of the ones where you come in, you put a good score on, you, you keep building that confidence, you keep building those combinations. And if anything, it sort of hurt them, it hurt them in the end. Yeah. Lindsay Collins ended up with a KO. Jared seemed to get a B under his bonnet after that. And the elbow that he dropped on Fulton was a complete note of brainstorm. I don't know how he get suspended for that. Well, this is again, the, this is another one where people look at it and go, hold on a minute. How do you. Dale Finucane gets two weeks, but. Jarrell Ray Hargreaves doesn't even get a fine for that. Yeah, well, he tried to sandwich press a man's head with the floor, but... Uh, I, I thought it was a really poor and ugly look, I've mm. got to be honest. I, how how the game says that that's okay, yeah, but a head clash isn't, is beyond me. Yeah, well, again, this is another one of these things. Well, that's one of the ones I forgot for the consistency talk about the match mm. review committee, but he's escaped really with a fine. Uh, very strong words with the young man Fulton after the game as well. He, he was. Getting... I, I don't. I don't understand what you're saying to the kid there. I don't know. Unless it's sorry, then you should just shut up. Some people had the, the quotes, the leak, trying to say that he told him that isn't it time for you to retire well, or something. But, like that, that. but you that's, don't even know. That's banter on you the field. Yeah, but you don't even know if that's true. Get over people it. can leak whatever they want, but you know, yeah, it annoyed me. Credit to Manly. I, I thought they were tough considering um, they had a red hot crack. A couple of those guys, Piosecki, Smalley. You get your opportunity. You don't care about the circumstances. You make the best of the situation. Definitely. Um, they did their job. Smalley, nice <laughs> game for him to finish off with that try. Um, and even Fulton. I think I, don't even, I haven't even seen Fulton really come through the grades. I'm assuming he's come through the 20s. I know he's been sort of in and out of Yeah, there. I'm not sure. He, he didn't play neither of the games. No, nah, he's games sort of been played. on the bench a few times. So it was a big mm. upgrade and obviously a, a proud name. So a situation for them probably for a little bit of good PR given the week. Yeah. To put in a third generation of Fulton and... For him, you know, you, you don't care how you get it. You've had a debut. You've played for the club that your father and your grandfather, who's an immortal, played for. And I thought for his 20 minutes, he did his job. Yeah, he did. He went out there and he, he tried very, very hard. But no surprise for the Roosters. Tedesco was very good again. Um, they forced the ball a lot to Manu, but he was outstanding. But, yeah, uh, hopefully Collins's injury and that head knock situation isn't too bad. He's had a lot this year. He's another one. They just seem to be a magnet for concussions of Roosters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they get out of that one, I guess, with a win. That's the most important thing. But 60% completions, 18 errors. It was a very ugly win, to say the least. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, Manly, numbers. I guess, despite all the bullshit off the field, we'll, we'll step away from that. And biggest thing moving forward is, is this a broken team? There's a lot of talk that there's still a bit of a separation between the group. And this has really put things off tilt, not just for the views, but the fact that, you know, this was pretty much season on the line and there's... Maybe a bit of tension between the yeah, group. It's a nice narrative. Only the people within those. Yeah, exactly. Know. And I was about to say we're going to find. And we'll out. see how we go when they play. Yeah, we'll find out this week, won't we? Yeah. Because they play Parramatta. It's a rivalry game. They're generally up for this one. It's an old clash that always has plenty of bad blood. But if they turn up hellfire and brimstone, yeah, we well, know that's a crock of shit. 
But if they turn up and look a bit flat and things are a bit clunky, well, then maybe there is some real problems and you've got to wonder long-term how that affects the club. Yeah. Because they've made some decisions in particular around salary cap and their halves. Um, we know that Tapia tried to get released to go to Parramatta because he's not going to get extended beyond next year for salary cap reasons as, as much as anything. Mm. Um, so, you know, obviously keen to get out the door. You've got those guys that didn't play. There's talk that they're not very happy with Schuster and despite the fact they made the decision to keep him over foreign for their future, they haven't been playing him. He's been on the bench this week. He's in the reserve. So there's a lot of a lot swirling around man at the moment and I think is it Tony Mestroff was named the new GM or CEO I thought the other day. I think he's walking in a bit of a hornet's nest at the moment. Yeah, him wrong. and Des Hasler have got a few fires to put out, that's for sure. Yeah. So <coughs> yeah, well, we'll, 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 we'll deal with that as... Uh, as we as, as we go along. Mm. <clears throat> Desi, God bless you. Uh, moving on from that one, Storm Warriors 24-12. It wasn't pretty, but four losses in a row. They snapped their, lo- uh, their losing streak. They go over there again. Nelson, very angry. I don't know if it's a just a thing where you get excited when he goes back to play at New Zealand or it's a bit of a fuck you. You didn't pick me up or you missed me when I was a junior, but certainly very, very angry on the night. He took his angry appeals and then some. Very lucky to get away with that all back. Yeah, well, here's another one. How, again, that's, yeah. Yeah, mental. and he's had a few things the last few weeks that people have caught out. teeth like PKs and mm. gets away with it. I'll tell you what, he's fine. And fought. the NRL comes out and defends it. He's yeah. had a lot of fines. His fine jar would be pretty full. Yeah. I think he'd be getting close to 10K this year. Big Nelson, he's making it rain. Somewhere around that. He calls them fun tickets. Mm. Chucking them out, but... Yeah, it was again, it wasn't the prettiest win by Melbourne. Their middles in particular, I think, have been really disappointing during this period, but... Bit better on the night. Halves obviously delivered probably uh, in the important moments. Munster Hughes trying to have their hands and everything. Harry, very busy out of dummy half. But the most unfortunate thing, again, we're talking about trying to get reinforcements, trying to patch things up, trying to get to a certain point in the season um, to figure things out a little bit. And Nick Meaney gets taken out late in the air and we don't know how long it is right now, but AC joint can be a week or two, could be long term. It all depends on the severity. But well, they're just getting pillaged in the outside backs. This week again. Pillaged. That's happened, and now Justin Owen's got COVID. So just when they thought they were getting off a and they've got Coates named in the reserves to potentially come back in, they've got two more holes. Yeah. So Wishart, who did the pre-season with that fullbacks group and has trained a lot of positions in Melbourne, he gets a second opportunity. And I thought his first one was a baptism of fire. He played fullback against Penrith mm. when they were missing six or seven players, which is a nightmare in that heavy rain. But, yeah, it's... Um, it's been a nightmare plugging up those gaps. Like I said, centers in particular. And Anderson moves into Olam's spot. Like, Olam's been the rock on that other side. Their right side's still getting absolutely pillaged, which is no more true again because all three tries were down that edge with Edward Cozy getting a hat-trick. So, um, still a bit to be done for Melbourne, particularly with their middles and their edge defense. But, yeah, if Coates comes back, if Nofaluma comes back, Olam off COVID and Meany somehow isn't a long-term injury, well, then you've got something to work with. Um, but, yeah, how they patch that up, we're, we're going to have to wait and see because, again, as soon as they've got a couple of names back on the list, two head back out the door. Yeah. Uh, for the Warriors side of things, Brave, they lost Tavunga, they lost Harris to Vita. I thought they certainly gave a good account of themselves again, and they will for the rest of the year, but uh, Melbourne just a little bit too much well, it's class. It's not an easy place to go. No, nah, most definitely. And I tell you what, I absolutely love Tohu Harris in the front row. Mm. It just forces him to be on the ball a bit more. No, no, his work rate's already great when he plays on edge or he plays as a 13, but he's really taken to that playing there um, with Fenua Blake. I thought he was outstanding again. Um, Wade Egan, 
you know, tough effort by him after having his mouth shattered and turned into a Pez dispenser to come back out and play and have that reshuffle there. Yeah, huge. Um, and this week he's going to be playing six. They've had a reshuffle again with some uh, injuries. But, yeah, I thought they gave a good account of themselves again, the Warriors, considering the circumstances. But moving on, this next one, again, doesn't need a whole lot of explanation, but it's certainly throwing, like I said, a cat amongst the pigeon in terms of the finals race. Parramatta, 34-10 over the Panthers. I guess this pretty much just sums Parramatta up, doesn't it? We've been sitting there for weeks going, fuck, you don't know what you're going to get, but that first half of Parramatta is a team that could win the competition. Yeah. The thing that frustrates you, again, is second half, you want them to come out, be ruthless, just fucking blow the doors off Penrith and go full Mortal Kombat last month. pull their arms off and beat the shit out of them. I said it last month. Stop talking about their consistency. 12 men, they lose the second half. So Stop talking about it. That's Parramatta to the T. Yep. And we'll see what they do come finals. Mm. I've, I've just, yeah, put Parramatta just over there on the shelf. Yeah. Hello, Parramatta. Well, there's your blueprint. You're over again, there on the shelf. Best, and let's just see what they, they pull out at their back end of the when year. When their best happens, they, they just kicked the front door in, didn't they? Their whole forward pack was basically 150 plus. They kicked the door in. They got playing straight, opened up things for Moses. Marnie got to probe a little bit more. He's been a little bit quiet the last five to six weeks. He was certainly very, very active. Uh, Mitchell Moses off the back of the go forward his kicking game he seems to love playing against Penrith the Reds got plenty of good ball they'll go out of the backfield but we saw the best version of Parra and we saw some of the bad Parra but mm-hmm. if the best Parra turns up my only question like I said before is I just don't know if we can see it four weeks in a row that's why I think they have to be top four the big th- Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thing here is now not they got this great win, but now they've lost Moses for up to a month of that broken finger. Mm. So can they get to the top four? Is the question. That game could have been a springboard off the back of that with him in, but now with Jacob Arthur there, we know he can do a solid job and steer and plug a hole, but he's certainly not Mitchell Moses. No, so there's more responsibility again on Dylan Brown, who's been great. Reed Mahoney, who's been in a bit of a hibernation, who certainly come out to the party the other night, and Gutherson to probably get a bit more involved in some of those shift plays. But their forward pack was immense. All those guys, Madison, Paulo, Campbell, Gillard, Lane, they were outstanding. They were really, really good. Um, for Penrith, again, people say, oh, well, clearly when you don't know how the game is going to play out. When it was 12-4 before he got done and the way Parra was playing, if it would have been a 13-on-13 contest for the whole way, if that's the way they were going to continue, would have been close, I think it would have been a really, really good game of football. But, yeah, their first half certainly would have been good enough to beat Penrith if they did that for 80. Well, but we'll never yeah, know. But they didn't. And the result, obviously... Cleary now suspended, Luai out as well, and now Penrith are going to have to play this next period with O'Sullivan, who's shown he can do a job. Looks like they're going to go with Salmon at six, whose background for people who've listened to this show I've said enough times was as a six through the juniors. Come through Parramatta and the Sharks as a six. Pretty sure he's an Australian schoolboy. He's definitely got the ability to play there. Yeah. It's just that Penrith had the benefit of picking up someone who was sort of passed by a couple of times, put a bit more weight on him, converting him a bit of a... Uh, edge player or more of a back row, but he can certainly do a job there. Uh, they've got the quality around them. I'm sure they'll stick to some pretty 
similar principles, probably not as much the middle service thing or a dominant half, but O'Sullivan's obviously going to play the clearer role and Salmon will be on that left side, you'd imagine, playing more the role that Luai does. Yeah. Get early football to those guys you got outside you and your Tagos, your kickouts, etc., and let them do what they do best. Um, still got a good forward pack, so, yeah, I expect Penrith um, to still do pretty well. I think they'll win at least two or three of those games still. Mm. Um, and Arpy's more of a focal point now, clearly, as well, with those two guys missing. And Kurt Falls has been named in New South Wales Cup. So he'll be an option as well mm. over the weeks. But, yeah, for Parramatta, it'll be interesting off the back of that huge win, like we said, to see how they play now as well. Definitely, yeah. Given uh, Moses is going to be missing as well. But moving on from that one, we've got the Raiders and the Titans. For the Raiders, that's now three in a row. Um, it was a bit of a back-and-forth first half and plenty of feeling in this one, but... Pretty typical game between these two. I thought it was a bit messy. 50 missed tackles by the Raiders, more than the Titans. Plenty of errors. Lots of back and forth. But I, I think, again, we, we see here that when Canberra play their best football, they're a very potent side. Jack, Hudson, Young. Yeah. Um, Joe, Joe Tarpany's form this year has been close to the best in terms of front rowers when he's on. Um, they produce a lot of second phase. They can attack from anywhere on the field they've got a lot of exciting players but again they can miss tackles they can make like a lot of errors and the difference from their best and worst week to week let alone within the 80 minutes for the Raiders can be just an absolute yo-yo <laughs> yeah I feel like they're they're improving so if that upward trend continues they're they're going to be there or thereabouts and I think they are a team that can go on a run in the finals I'm not sure they can win it but I, I certainly believe that they could play in a preliminary final yeah, and again, if everyone's fit and they fire. More games between Fogarty and Whiten only builds the combinations. More time again with the dual hooker situation, which they have. Yeah. Savage, he has a moment here or there where you just have your heart and hand and mouth, but then he has moments of absolute brilliance. You have to take the good with the bad there. They're still building. And again, they, they're going to get a bit of a run here to tune up after Penrith. They're still a team where I look at again and go, well, they could bomb a game against the Warriors of the Tigers, and it wouldn't surprise you. If they can have a good showing this week against a good Penrith side, regardless of the halves missing, they're still going to be tough. And then get through this back end and go on a good clean run. They could come in red hot. Yeah. And probably, it wouldn't surprise me if they'd pop someone week one. And I, I can't say I could see them in the grand final, but if they played their absolute best football with the players they've got, in particular, Papali, Tarpany, Whiten, etc., I could see them getting to a prelim. I can't see a grand final. No. But if momentum and best football, I could definitely see them being. You know, a bit of a roller coaster ride like they did a few years back where they pull themselves into a prelim. But there's a lot to unfold. Yeah. The Titans, we had a good talk about that before. We went the long side of things. It was the same old saying old. Tino is week in, week out, just the beacon of consistency for the Gold Coast, the best player. Um, for more than extended long term, he obviously had some good moments this game. I thought Campbell provided some, some quality as well. And to be honest, it's probably the first time they've given Boyd back-to-back-to-back games in the halves, and he was better than Sexton. Yeah. He had a couple of nice moments, but I just find it really rough that they've kind of thrown him under the bus all year in these tough circumstances. This week, he's been dropped altogether. Mm. So I was like, you know, how does that do that kid's confidence that you essentially fired a half for him, have given him the short end of the stick all year, you've given him a million different spine combinations and partners, and then in a heartbeat after Boyd has a, a decent game, and they're obviously trying to fit Campbell and Brimson, like we're saying before about this constant shuffle, and now he's just gone. Mm. He did miss eight tackles, I'll give him that, but he leads the NRL in dropouts, and he's had pretty much no help the whole year, so I thought that was a bit harsh. And that's the sort of thing that can break someone 
not instantly, but it can it can put them in a bit of a lull or a bit of a rut for a long term period, especially at clubs that aren't in good positions. That's fair. So, yeah, I'm not saying it's totally unjustified, but given what they've put him through this year, I think it's a bit harsh that he's just been stone cold dropped this week. That's and I, as I understand, like I said, it's not an injury. But no. I could be wrong. But if it is the other way around, that's pretty ruthless, I think. Massively, that yeah. You've just hung him out for 20 weeks to carry the load and then after a good game by Boyd and you get those guys back again and that merry-go-round of spine plays, you've just gone, ta-ta. Bye-bye. Finish the year in Queensland Cup. We're mm. coming last. It's all your fault, basically. Mm. So I think that's, yeah, that's not how I would have handled things. Let's put it that way. If you committed to him for this far in the season, I would have finished the year with him and Tanner. I agree. Put AJ back, find a way to get Campbell, like you said, on the wing and maybe flip him between wing, fullback between those two, get involved in I don't know. But you're coming last. You have to try something. Yep. So, yeah, like you said, Canberra, interested to see what they can do on the back end of this run. But, yeah, um, their forwards in particular, Tarpany, Hudson Young, Elliot's been great. He had a bit of hip injury. But, yeah, those guys, Jack Fogarty, if they can get that spine right, who knows? Let's see what happens with the Raiders. Uh, what do we got here? The second game was that cracker between the Sharks and Souths. And what a shootout that was. Yeah, it but was. They, they, neither of them played their best footy, but nah. it was entertaining. And well, Cronulla, end to end. Cronulla made 19 errors. That's huge. 19 errors, 43 missed tackles, something you definitely don't associate with them. Um, it was certainly like looking at the end. And again, I'm not all about numbers, but I just thought, man, it feels like they've Certainly dug himself a hole, but when I when I looked at that, I was just like, wow. And they obviously conceded more line breaks on the back of all those missed tackles. But this, for me, like, I, like Golden Point does excite me, but I don't like the field goal shootout. I prefer Golden Try. Like I actually have to get something or a draw straight up. Like It was exciting, don't get me wrong, but when you just go field goal, field goal, field goal, field goal, like Latrell had three pops. Moylan had a couple of pops. And the most exciting part, I thought, was Tommy Burgess with the old clothesline from hell. Yeah, I didn't think it was a send-off. Nah. Sinbin, yeah, I can cop that. Yeah. But yeah, send-off. That, that was obviously the big moment there, and Hines ices the game, but that was probably one of those ones for me where it's like, well, they did win it, but I'm not big on the penalty goal, uh, the field goal shootout. Nah. After 80 minutes of quality football, and, um, yeah, I think, you know, South certainly showed their credentials again and what they've been building towards. Yeah. Uh, wasn't the best night for them, like, to get that lead, get run down, they certainly fought their way back. I thought you, you couldn't couldn't ask for any more of their forward pack. Their forward pack was outstanding. Totola, yeah, Burgess, despite the send-off, you know, Totola obviously scored the try with a minute to go. Kaloma Tungi was outstanding, come up with a strip that led to the try that got them in the position to equalise, to go into that, you know, back end. But, you know, between him, Murray, etc., their, their forwards were just, just brilliant. Um, I know Javier made a couple of errors, but his bench role and the meters and the output he's been giving, they really dug deep, but... Yeah, on the shark side of things, Mulitalo's finish was great. Siffa had a big game. You know, Braley and Rudolph's defence and workloads, considering the amount of errors and being on the back foot, they, they both definitely showed some positive. Thought Latrell was pretty quiet. Um, obviously scored a try, but overall touches and involvement, probably not quite what I would have hoped for a game of that magnitude, but the prison, the prison prevails again. It took 87 minutes, but it's a win. The Priz. And uh, they pushed themselves into that third spot, clear by a win, and a great result. And nice to see Fafita playing some good footy as well. Absolutely. Sort of yeah, start the year. He's come good. bit slow, and he's got some injuries and knee problems, and he's getting older, and obviously the scary moment last year with his throat. Um, but huge moment to score that try. And obviously Tatala responded, so 
That's when you know it's a crazy game. When two front rowers score in the last four minutes of a game to send it to golden point, yeah, it's that's when you know it's a mental game of football. But I think those two teams will be there when the whips are cracking if that's the sort of football they're going to play. Agree, mate. But yeah. for Cronulla, 19 errors to get that situation. If he fits in, you do a review. You're like, wow, there's some character in that win. Oh, if huge. You, that's the sort of hole you did huge, yourself. Yeah, if you're going to defend like that, defend those 80, oh, sorry, 19 errors. Mm. And 43 misses, like, yeah, it's not ideal, that's for sure. Mm. Uh, Broncos, Tigers, 32 to 18. Crazy, crazy game. Said it myself that this will be the breaking, and I'm willing to eat my words. They would have break after last week, after that shit sandwich. Anyone, you know, that would be enough to break your spirit, and this could be a cricket score. And to their credit, it was the complete opposite. They turned up with plenty of fight. They wanted to stick it. To Brisbane, and I think the most impressive thing is I, I thought they beat up their forward pack. They out-enthused them and out-physical them. You know, they, they just rolled them through the middle. They blew their ruck up. They moved the point of attack. There was no just one-ounce tight to the ruck. They really did well. I thought the shake-up and the spine was outstanding. New, New Brown, I've said it before that I was a big fan of him. I'm not too my own horn now. I can't believe it took this long. I know he had the injury, but how he got left out you know, originally, how he wasn't kept blows me away. The fact that he's had that foot surgery and was told his career would be over, come back, done what he's done. I think they've found a better nine off the scrap heap from the Roosters training trial set up than what they had in their own four walls. Mm. And I, I do like Jake Simpkin. I still think he's got time to develop, but between Little's injuries, you know, playing Peachy a little bit there, which he did a job on the weekend, he was okay. Simpkin and Little, like, you know, New Brown has obviously brought a run threat. He's not too bad in terms of manipulation. Jock, well, we, saw, we saw Little and Simpkin firsthand. Yep. Played against them on the weekend, so... Yep. Mm. Simkin had some good moments in... Yeah, he did. Little had his moments, but he got spotted up in D a little bit. Um, Yeah, we had a plan to sort of go at him and work him over. Yeah. I thought Jock... As much, not because we think they're defensively weak, just more to nullify what they do in attack. Mm. Jock Mm. took his opportunity. Thought he He showed a real pose and probably did something that we talk about about what they did at the start of the year where they, they moved the point of attack but they used their back row as well. Yeah. Jock was really good at just playing straight, getting in the line and, and isolating the man that you should isolate. He isolated Reynolds a lot. He made stags come in and try and make decisions. He played to Kelmer. Yeah. Kelmer's a very, very tidy line runner and went through once and gave one back to Jock for a try and other than that, just caused a lot of havoc. But I thought he showed a lot of class, showed some variety. The double pump where he showed short, played long. Yeah. Some of his kicks. Uh, you know, Dewey certainly come back with a vengeance. He's trying to prove a point. His attitude and effort's outstanding. But yeah, overall, you know, their forward pat, like we said, was was the difference. Absolutely. Musgrove big, Tamao big, Pop Polo and he only a couple of games in, he was outstanding. Like they they really, really, really got a lot out of their forward pack and um yeah, against a team that's loaded with origin players and quality. They were rattled and, you know, they sort of got dragged into the dog fight and when they got to that 24-18 point, you kind of thought, oh, they're going to lose it. Mm. It's just one of those games, Brisbane are going to get them and sure enough, um, they held on. The big turning point as we speak of was the hip drop, which led to a penalty goal to go eight clear and then obviously Dewey off the scrum. Mam's very wide, someone didn't plug and they didn't really break from the scrum, he just goes through clean and scores, but... Huge win and again a, a bit of sporting karma, I guess, after what happened last week. Yeah, not Brisbane's fault by any means, but when you get dudded like that, you're going to get it. You hope to get it back some way or somehow, and that they got it back by earning it themselves. They turn up again. They had their heads down, bums up, and they they were outstanding the toys. They were, yeah. But yeah, there's some good footy played. That's for sure. Um, Talk about a yeah. Last week actually motivated them, mm, which is like I said, I, I just did not expect that at all. 
I thought they were just going to come and... Well, they had every chance to be kicking... Uh, every um, reason to be kicking stones. And the other one I've wrapped all year, I've been really keen on. I didn't like it when he first got there. I wasn't sure how he'd play. Offhand Gowie. He's been really, really good. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that option, if he's activated, if he's staying, if he's going to leave. But if he was to say, I'm leaving, that would really hurt right now. Yeah. That would yeah. really hurt. Um, and someone would definitely be looking at him. It wouldn't surprise me again. I don't know if he'd be keen on a Queensland homecoming, but if you're the Dolphins, you could do a lot worse than the way he's playing at the moment, what he's dished up for the Tigers. So, um, for Brisbane, that one hurts, like we said. You obviously lose Carrigan now for a lot of weeks. I thought the debutante was good, young Dane Mariner. Yeah. He's only 18, you're right? Like, that's a schoolboy. Like He certainly did his job. He had over 100 metres, plenty of carries, defensively solid. He almost scored a try off the grabber, so... Um, you know, there's still some positives there for them. They've obviously got a lot of kids working to their system. But that was certainly a loss. One of those ones, again, where I think maybe a little bit of complacency. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from the Tigers, but that might have been a week where they sort of thought they could go for the motions and come up with a victory, and uh, they got a rude shock. Yeah, they did. They got punched yeah. in the mouth, that's for sure. Mm. So that sort of hurts top four, and they've lost a key player. It's not to say they're not within the top four, but that that's definitely a big blow. Uh, and they've got some games come up the next few Huge weeks. Fly. Which will have... And again, that's one that everyone would have said, oh, Brian yeah. will beat. So Chalk it up. Yeah, there you go. That's a win. the draw. So, yeah, that one uh, certainly hurts, that's for sure. But moving on, Sunday to clear up like we get those last two games. Doggies up against the Knights. And like I said, full credit to Newcastle. First time for me, McDonald's Joe Stadium going up there. Great stadium. Fans, like, parking streets away. All the businesses that were closed on a Sunday. There was cars in the grass, cars in the car parks. People just pouring in from everywhere despite the fact their team is not doing great. The atmosphere was awesome. Plenty of good banter and humour. Everyone was laughing. Plenty of cans flying around. I was like, I, I like this place. This mm. is good. And another credit to them, no one was leaving at the back end. There was a few going out, but they didn't pour out early. They held on to the dying end. And unfortunately for them, they had every right to leave. They didn't if, do a Mark Wahlberg? No, nah, they had every right to leave if they wanted to, though, because their team wasn't great, yeah. unfortunately. Um the Bulldogs, again, just playing with a certain freedom and zero care factor. That, you know, the situation, like we said, when your coach gets fired, a lot of guys get moved on, can go one of two ways. People can just sort of quit, fold up, and you get bashed for the rest of the year, or people just go out and they're very, very dangerous when they're, they're carefree, and that's been the Bulldogs. Yeah. And sort of forged from the fire and the situation or the drama they've been through is some real positives, in particular their young edges, Aaron Shop. Karaz, they, these sort of guys have been outstanding. Fox has come to life. Him and Burton form really nicely. And I think even Flanagan's playing better football. But I think the probably the sad part for them is this spine sort of come together really nicely and it's not going to be together. Marshall King is, I've tooted the horn a million times, a really underrated player, was great again. Avarillo thought he was a one. They've put him to one. That's really worked out well. But that's sort of all going to get broken up next year and there's going to be different players in different positions. And uh, it'll be interesting to see again once a decisions made on the coach, whether it is Potsy, whether it is Serato, which all the talk and rumours about what direction they head and then bringing in Marnie and kick out all these guys, what happens, but mm. uh, they're just playing you know, carefree football. They went forward, they played to the edges. Burton threw up a couple of screamers. One, one live moved an absolute mile. It was like watching Warney in his prime on a, on, a, on a broken up pitch. It just got lost. Dom Young just completely lost it. Yeah. But um, yeah, Newcastle, they were about as dangerous as a cap gun watching him in attack. It wasn't that impressive. No. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, they've got there's certainly some issues there in regards to their attack that they really need to nut out, make themselves more potent, move the ball more, 
Mm. Just get some uh, creativity in there. Yeah, you know, I felt bad. They were on the back foot most of the day. They got chewed up in possession. I thought their back five did a good job, considering um, the hard circumstances that they certainly carried well. Those guys coming and did their job. Hoy, oh, he's one of those ones I talk about again that I hate it when I see a guy like that going to the Super League already. Yeah. I think that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. And the biggest reason for it, people go, well, it's his choice. It is his choice, but if your minimum wage is only 80000 and you've got to move every year, housing, rent, furniture, like, there's no way you can stay. Yeah. They can go to England, they don't get paid super dollars, but they get paid a lot more than that. They get housing assistance, they get flights, they get a lot of stuff, trust me, that is more beneficial than staying around here on a development deal of 60000 or $80,000. Of so course, yeah. My biggest gripe with the EVA, it's gone up and they've got it back to a good position during COVID. The game's in a good financial position. The minimum wage for me of a top 30 player should be no less than 120000 if you want to keep some of those guys around that we complain that go to Super League. Yeah. Because without at least that little bit of extra room to take them out of that bracket where, you know, you're losing that in tax and they're paying rent and they can't... Obviously, it's impossible to buy a house if you've got to move every 12 to 18 months. Mm. Um, it needs to be more accessible that they can live comfortably, not feel like, well, this. What, what's the point of doing this? They'd be better off getting a job playing reserve grade or going country. I've got mates that are playing country footy that get 30 grand plus a job. Yeah. And they don't have to travel. They live... Yeah. They make more money than guys playing development deals or playing NRL. Yeah, yeah, they're not playing in the NRL, but they're also not struggling to live. And they're in areas where socioeconomically, rent-wise, house-wise, it's actually affordable. Yeah. So this is why your players like that don't stay for 80,000 or 60,000 development deals. They just can't afford to do it for three or four years. Yeah. He's one that I would have liked to have seen go to a Penrith or one of these better squads, knowing that he would only get limited games, but he certainly adds value to you at some point in time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously he's moving on, and we had the Clemmer situation. Uh, the blue shirt, Hayden Knowles, tried to get him off the field three or four times. Looks like Big Clem told him to stick it where the sun doesn't shine. Told him to beat it. They've uh, given a club-imposed suspension, so it looks like he's not going to be playing football this weekend. Well, he might be playing New South Wales Cup against us. Be a little hypocritical, wouldn't it? Like, I don't know. I know you keep runs in the legs, but if you canned someone for a week, sure you just canned them all together. But I don't know. We know the situation again, talking about the release thing earlier. We didn't talk about it, but he was another one linked to Parramatta. Well, they've named their side and they've left number the 10 jersey Empty. blank. Well, there you go. Well, Parramatta was obviously linked to Tapio. He wanted out instantly. They still might sign him next year because he's off contract. But the Clemmer one was basically all but approved, it seems, by Newcastle for him to go. But the sticking point was Parramatta was happy to take him on for the last year of his deal next year. Clemmer wanted another year on top, which Parramatta wasn't happy to go with, so... Yeah. Clearly, again, there's a lot more going on at the Newcastle Knights than meets the eye. So, Definitely, yeah. Yeah, this wasn't a great day for them, but great day for the Bulldogs. Another win. Good for Mick. And like I said, I travelled up for Vaughn, 200 games. Feels like a lifetime. We're all old fucks now. Mm. Um, only feels like yesterday. He was uh, in our apartment and he was this giant 18-year-old kid with a, this bloody childish laugh and sense of humour, which is why we get along so well, but 200 games and we're both now 30-plus years old. It's crazy. Mm. And they had a debutant as well, Harrison Edwards, who had a, a good first hit out. So yeah. all-around positive for the Bulldogs, and uh, I'm sure they're going to be nuisance value for a lot of teams on the run home. Um, and the last one from the weekend was a bloodbath. It was the Cowboys up against the Dragons. They showed some resistance in the first half, but it was all one It's match. actually a close game mm. for probably 50 minutes. Man, their edge defence was bad, though. Yeah, horrible. Like Jack Bird, Benny Hunt, just a field day. And I know I've said it before and I'll say it again. Jeremiah Nenai, it's scary to think where he's going to be in probably two years' time. 
Because mm. he's doing this now off the back of COVID where he essentially missed those years of development. They put him straight into first grade. He's played first grade well, played origin well. And if he's committed to playing for Australia and not any of, you know, a nation, other nation of eligibility for the World Cup, I'd be honest right now, he'd probably be the first back row you'd pick. Because yeah. in origin, we obviously used a lot of guys out of position for New South Wales. And Felice, I think, said he's going to play for Tonga, so he's not available on the flip side. Or a Catewell, but to think that this kid's just turned 19 and he can do what he does. He's dynamic, he's powerful, he's got footwork, he's got hands of the size of fucking tennis rackets. You see the way he holds the football. He's got good vision. He sees what's going on around him. He runs tidy lines inside, outside shoulders. He can find space. And he, no, I don't, I've never seen someone compete like a kick in terms of back rowers like him. And he has a knack for being in the right position. He's always around the football. Yeah. Um, one thing I know, I've said it myself, technically he's not a bad defender, but systematically he can get caught out. Literally what I've just said before, he's chopped out 16s, 18s. Like he missed that because of COVID. Mm. He's come straight in and played rep football at the highest level. In 18 months to two years when he's got a better understanding of that and he's physically better, it's going to be scary to what he think he could be by 21 years old. Yeah. Um, but they got back to their best last week, obviously. Very, very lucky to pull that win out. But Dearden, hand in it, drink water, who had a couple of messy moments come to the fore here. Nice try celebration too with the uh, the Cobra from the WWE and they just blew the doors off him. Neem's been a great find. The young bloke on the bench, Tamalolo, was dominant again. Um, and again, the Hurricane, Cotter, he was back. They hopefully have McLean back in a few weeks' time. It was a, a smash-up for the Dragons. It's another one of those situations where, again, there's a lot of talk. He fired his assistants. I don't know what that's going to fix. He's had two sets of two sets of assistants over two years. Um, similar deal. They need to make a decision. And then he picks Sloan on the bench. Doesn't put Sloan on until he's got 12 minutes to go. Like, if you're going to fucking pick Sloan, he plays one or he doesn't play at all. Yeah. But again... He went well, with I'm him and watching a New South Wales Cup game as we speak, and Sloan the previous week against Newcastle played on the wing. Not yeah, fullback. Well, so the the talk around that was that he they were prepping him to try and get him to play into another position, but well, I don't know. It seems ridiculous. It's uh, it's a, pretty good when he played fullback against us. It's a funny situation that one, and again, I don't want to talk about it anymore because we've talked about it plenty of times. Yeah. But they seem to keep leaning towards your Woodses and your Maguires and all these guys and. You, at some point, you've got to bite the bullet and move forward. That's right. You do. Um, he said he was going to develop. It's been two years. He's developed fucking next to nobody. Amon's about the only one who's got a good run at development, and no one else has really got a crap. Mm. So, and like I said, I know there's things that we talked about that clearly he sees or he wants to see, but if you're going to get playing 30-plus-year-old guys that you got for a dollar dazzler, and that's your plan moving forward, things are going to unravel fairly quickly. Agree, mate. So, unfortunately for Dragons fans, I don't know what's going to happen, but again, right under their nose, and he's there. Wouldn't surprise me they've got Flanagan or I think they'll look at Riles or Young if they're going to go for someone uh, who's got the the bloodline of which what they generally do like to look at someone who's a former Dragon or former Illawarra. But again, we'll wait and see how the year finishes off there. Mm. Hook, fuck me, <laughs> and what they do in that situation. But that wraps up uh, the reviews of the games from the weekend. Let's jump in and do our tips and previews for the round ahead. Brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with any bookie, make sure you do it with the true blue Aussie bookie. And on all NRL games this week, back a team head-to-head. And if they lead by six points or more at halftime, Bluebet will pay you out as a winner up to $100 in winnings. Lead by six at halftime. You win. Terms and conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. 
charity bet. Uh, lost two in a row, unfortunately, after winning three in a row. The balance at the moment for the Bears of Hope is $742.50. Fingers crossed we can jump back on the winning side of things this week and bank some money. But uh, tips, bit of an update. I haven't done these for a while. You got six last week. I got five. Uh, but for the year, I'm on 106. You're on 102. So there's been a bit of a gap for a little bit there, but you've pegged a few back. And uh, we'll see how we tip. This week, but those team lists for round 21, we kick off Thursday night with a cracker. Roosters up against the Broncos, and there's a couple of changes for both sides. Egan Butcher suspended for a week. Lindsay Collins out after that brutal head knock. So Terrell May and Ben Thomas are the new faces on the bench. For Benny Thomas, this is his first game since lining up last year in round 24. For the Broncos, Pat Carrigan obviously suspended, we know now. For four weeks, Kobe Hetherington named to take his place. Selwyn Cobo returns on the wing. And Adeloise Hoytart goes to the reserves. Jack Turpin has been recalled on the bench with Pakes moving out. And Reese Kennedy has also been recalled into the 17 for now. Um, and Dane Mariner has maintained his position. So they've stuck with a kid. I don't know if Branko Lee's injured or what the go is there, but he's not in the 22 altogether. And they've obviously gone with him over Hoyter and all these guys. Tamari Martin's named in the 18. I think they'll probably stick with Tessie, you'd think, the way he's been playing. I would think so, And yeah. considering moving forward, the talk is that they might be losing Martin. Obviously, they were going to sign him. The Walsh thing popped up. Now he's been linked to the Warriors, so you think they maybe move on from that, the way things have been going. Uh, but this one's a hard one to tip, I think. They've still got a very good side. Yeah, I'm going to go the Roosters. Yeah? Yeah. Sydney Cricket Ground... Probably a little bit more to play for. The bench does concern me now that it's May, Thomas, Hutchison or Watson. If Thomas and Terrell are your middle rotation, that mm. says that Jared and Lodge are going to have to play big minutes. And Radley. Uh, Watson will obviously play that 13 role. Verrill's going to have to play big minutes. But if they get any sort of trouble in their middle... Um, yeah. Brisbane. Still got... Uh, actually, what edge... What edge was Mariner? Mariner was on the left last week, wasn't he? Mm. So he's marking up on Manu then, isn't he? Yep. That's a tough initiation. It's not ideal. That'll be interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'll, I'll go the Roosters. Not with a lot of confidence. But this one will be interesting. They've both had... Sometimes you don't need a lot of confidence. No, no, you don't. We'll just have a dig and see what happens, but... Yeah, have I, a plan. I guess that part sort of concerns me a little bit. Just their bench rotation. But on the flip there, Kennedy, Jensen, Palacia, you know, they're going to rely on big minutes from Haas, Flegger on their forward pack as well. So mm-hmm. uh, Reynolds in the half situation there obviously be a big factor in this game. Going to have to rely on that kicking out heavily as they have done all year. And the Roosters, I think they're just praying they get no more injuries. It seems like every time they get someone back, someone else heads out the door. Pretty the much. odds with bluebet.com.au, the Roosters sixty favourite. 235 about the Broncos. Minus four and a half is the line there. The next game up is the Storm up against the Gold Coast Titans down in Melbourne, the early game. And those changes like we talked about before. Ola out with COVID. Nick Meaney at the moment. Not sure how long um, for that AC joint, but when that becomes clear, we'll know a bit more. They've got Tyron Wishart at fullback. David Nofaluma has come into the wing. Anderson pushes into the centres. The return of Brandon Smith from suspension. He is on the bench. Um, and in the 22 named at the moment, Xavier Coates is in jersey 20. 
So a possible late mm. inclusion there. That'd be big, wouldn't it? If that happens, it wouldn't surprise me if they went with him in the centres. He's obviously played centre and wing at the Broncos. I know yep. defensive, they've probably done some work with him, but it's probably more than likely they'd stick him there and either keep Anderson or Aramea as a winger. But we'll have to wait and see. For the Titans, Jaden Campbell, after a few weeks on the bench, takes the starting position at number one. The halves, as I said, have changed. Brimson into the six, Boyd into the seven. Sexton, not named in the 22. Actually, he is. He's in the 20. But he's been pushed out of the side altogether for the mm-hmm. time being. Clark again in the 13. Booth again in the nine. Uh, and Greg Marju, who's been in and out, is on the bench in 14, which is interesting. I think you'd either just pick him to start or you wouldn't pick him at all. But regardless of those changes, Melbourne and Melbourne, I said at those two games, the Warriors, the Titans, out of the ones they've got left, the ones they have to win. So I'll tip Melbourne. Me too. And the odds, no surprise with bluebet.com.au, a dollar thirteen favourite. The Storm, the Titans, six dollars minus seventeen and a half is the line. That is pretty heavy. Um, but yeah, interesting game that one. Great clash Friday night at Old Brookie or Four Pines, whatever the bloody hell you want to call it. The old Silver Tails up against the Eels, Para and Manly for the. Uh, the old school out there, obviously one that brings back some good memories. But for Manly, those players returned Saab, Tui Pilotu, Kula, Olakwatu, and Sipli are all back in the starting side. Sean Kepi is sidelined. Andrew Davey suffered a concussion, but he's been named to play if he gets through protocol. Ben Trevojevic is back from his head knock. Dylan Walker and Martin Tapio go back to the bench. And as I said, Given the situation that they're moving far and on and Schuster hasn't played in the back row and much off the bench, he's in the 18. So he's not even in the 17, which I find interesting, mm. given where they're supposedly moving uh, with their future direction. But for Parramatta, the only change is Jake Arthur taking over for Moses, which is a big change, but hell of a forward pack. Still a good side around him, I guess. For him, they wanted to make his tackles, do his kicking, and there'll be more responsibility on Marnie, Gutherson, and particularly Dylan Brown. Yeah, um, I'm still going with the Eels. Me too. Uh, I'm sure Manly will be well and truly up for it. But again, best version of their forward pack and what they've got going on their team and what, what we've seen out of Manly, I guess for Manly, I want to see how they react after the few weeks they've had. That's fair. Um, so I'll, I'll stick with the Eels for now. And bluebet.com.au agree. Actually, no, they don't. Outsiders, $2 a parameter. $1.80 for Manly. So they're obviously thinking that the, the halfback situation is a big blow and Maybe Manly will bounce back. They're a dollar eighty and minus. Good record against Parramatta too. I reckon Manly. Yeah, they gave, gave it to him last year. I think the game I remember I was at Jonesy's house. Didn't they beat him as well this year? Earlier. I don't remember. I remember last oh, year's did. one because it was when Bozo died, and I remember being in a mate's house. They jumped him, yeah. and I said, "Get on, Trebojevic and Manly. They're the outsiders." And he's like, "What?" And I said, "Get on." He said, "Why?" I was just driving the car and heard that Bob Fulton passed away. Anytime something like that happens, you can generally just guarantee that, you know, the emotion's just going to be pouring through the team. And sure enough, I think they were three bucks plus. Tommy scored a double, I'm pretty sure, and they had a good win, and I was counting me cash and having a couple of bevoirs. So that was a tasty time. But, yeah. South Sydney, uh, off the back of that loss, come up against the Warriors at the Sunshine Coast, taking the trip up for the week. Tane Milne returns from an injury in the centres, filling the hole left by Jed Cartwright, who was injured last week, his hamstring. Tom Burgess is suspended. Mark Nichols comes in to replace him. And the other new face is Blake Taff, who's recorded for his first game since round 15. Cody Nikarima is out. Um, 
I wouldn't be surprised, given his form. I don't know if he's eligible. Well, he has to be if he's in there. Isaac Thompson, he was a guy who had a huge future. Early doors thought by the Dragons coming through the 20 system back in the day. Played centre, played wing, big body, scores, tries, destructive. Fell off the face of the earth for a few years there. He's fought his way back. He's been really, really good in the New South Wales Cup. I'm surprised they haven't looked at him with some of the rotations they've made to their back line. That's fair. But yeah. he's in the 8-22 uh, this week. He's wearing jersey 18. Uh, yeah, a couple of changes there for Souths as a result of last week. For the Warriors, huge changes. Ewan Aiken goes from the back row to the centres. Pompey drops out. Harris Tavita is out. Wade Egan has to move to the 6 jersey. Freddie Lussick starts at 9. Aaron Penne, Bailey Searn and Jack Murchie all return. This week, Josh Curran goes to the bench. Jazz Tavunga's out with a shoulder injury. And Taniela Otokolo will be the backup nine on the bench. So, yeah, South. Yeah, huge changes. But despite those injuries, you definitely have to go up South. You think trip over here and with that reshuffle, that's a big ask for the Warriors. Uh, it's reflected in the odds with bluebet.com.au. $1.14 a South, five seventy five. The Warriors minus 17.5 is the line there uh, for that game. Raiders-Panthers, this should be a cracker. Hopefully we get the best of the Raiders, but 5.30 down in Canberra on a Saturday. If you're a local, that would be a great game to go to. For the Raiders, Rapana returns from suspension. Albert Hopawade drops to 18th man. Adam Elliott is named despite a hip injury, but keep an eye on that closer to kickoff. But for the Panthers, Sean O'Sullivan, no surprise, named in the seven. Um, you've got James Salmon, who's named at the six. They've got Kurt named in the 22. But I'll assume they'll go with Salmon because Fallsy's back just now from an injury. Stephen Crichton has been named, so you, you suspect with that surgery he's going to have to be taped up and or wearing a headgear or something if they're close to go. And Mitch Kenny is also back on deck as well. So for now, they've got Kenny Sorensen, Lenuan Staines again is named on the bench, and obviously that change in the halves. And with Crichton coming back, Robert Jennings drops out. So, you know, well, I'm going to go the upset. Not with a lot of confidence, but this is one like Melbourne the other week. Where the Raiders will generally tend to get up a game like this, and then they'll blow one against the Tigers or the Warriors. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Raiders this week. So am I. Mm. Uh, again, not a lot of confidence, but I just think there's a lot of things working in their favour. A little bit of confidence. Crichton off that injury, the halves playing together. Uh, you know, a couple of those guys back off injury, a lot of confidence, and and down in Canberra, if they can jump them early and get some confidence. Certainly make for a good game. Definitely. But you, you know damn well that Penrith are going to want to drag him down into deep water, kick well, control things, play off that forward pack and RP and make that the focal point for the next five weeks. Yeah. But it'll be very interesting to see. So we're both on the upset, and it's a bit closer than what you expect, but no surprise, I guess, with the halves with bluebet.com.au. The rate is two twenty five out dollars outsider at home. $1.65 are the Panthers, minus three and a half the line there. The local derby between the Sharks and the Dragons. Usually position on the ladder means nothing, but I don't know. We'll have to wait and see for this one with the way the Dragons' form has been. For the Sharks, we know that Will Kennedy now is likely out for the season, uh, which is a big blow. They're saying best case maybe five to six weeks, so he could be back week one or two of the finals. But Kay Dykes, third generation, I think, as well, of Dykes playing for the Sharks this week at fullback. I thought they'd go with Lockie Miller, but him and... Dykes have rotated between one and the halves, one and well, six. Well, yeah, they're they're an interesting team to play because they play similar to the Sharks themselves. We played Newtown twice mm. since I've taken Multiple over. Multiple fullbacks. 
Yeah, well, Dykes and Miller are both capable of playing fullback. Or six. Mm. And so they've got Reese Davies there. They've given him that Matt opportunity. Matt there as well, who's another guy. fullback. 6 1. Yeah. They've got some really, really good key position players there. So Great depth. Yeah. K yeah. Dykes was. Uh, He's yeah, 19. He's quality player, man. Good, good step. Good kicking game. Runner of the footy. Defensively, um, size wise, he he probably struggle a little bit. Gets in front, like effort's not Miller's an issue. Not big Kennedy's not mate, big. It's, it's players, probably though. smart sticking him at one. I, I was talking to a few of our boys today. They they were a little bit shocked that that he got named at one. But you know, there's Miller. probably some. Nah, not so much over Miller. Just maybe that there'll be a late reshuffle, and I think. Potentially, Moylan might move back to fullback and Dykes you, might play six. Do you think they'd break that combo up? They've I don't gone know. All year. I, I thought know. similar to you, but the fact that he's had them together the whole time, I'm not mm, saying... But if I was going to pick a one, I would, I'd pick Miller. But I would have picked me. Miller, but they obviously mm. like him and they see there's an opportunity to get him a game now as well. He's only 19, 20 years old. Is Miller signed elsewhere next year? No, he's got another year, but the Bulldogs sniffed around, a lot of clubs sniffed around, so... Mm. I'd think Metcalf has obviously signed elsewhere. Yeah, I'd think they'd do him a solid because he's a little bit older, and mm. maybe let someone take him next year. But again, when you do the business, maybe they might do a bit of an upgrade and try and keep him there. But I don't know. It was interesting. He signed to Dykes, Dykes certainly earned his spot. They've all been very, very good. Newtown are on top of the yep. New South Wales Cup. Certainly, are. they play great footy. So they, yeah, I, he deserves his crack. Yeah, and uh, Royce Hunt is also out with a shoulder injury. So Hamlin Ueli moves in the start. Braden Trindle. Moves onto the bench, which was more the way I thought they might have gone. I thought if they were going to reshuffle the halves, that maybe Play Trindle, Trindle would come in and they'd move maybe Moylan back, not Hines. But the issue with Moylan is is the workload on his hamstrings. Yeah, and that's the main issue. I thought you wouldn't do that if you're going to do one, it'd be Hines. But now they've made Hines their dedicated seven and their primary kicker. So I just think they wouldn't break the halves. Well, let's see what happens. It'll be interesting but, to see how they go. Yeah, if if that is actually the side that runs out, certainly something to see. But for Anthony Griffin, he stuck with the same seventeen. Cody Ramsey. He's expected to be back on deck next week, but for now, stuck with Mbai. He's got Sloan in the 14 again. I just don't get the fucking point of that. No, I'd play Sloan Just one. either play him or don't play him. Like, he's not there as a utility or a 12-minute player or an impact player. He's your fullback or he's not. Mbai can play all those positions, can be a utility. He's your 14. Yeah. So, either, again, commit to Sloan or I'd don't, have, don't um, have him. I'd have Toro Fumano in the team as well. He offers a bit. He's an offload, good feet. Just offers a little bit more off the bench. Well, Maguire's leaving. Woods is holding. You should be trying to get... like There's guys like Adams looking at you. What are you doing? Mm. Surely you get more leg speed and a bit more dynamic in your team. Even Gajewski, like He played really, really well against us. He certainly does his job, but yeah, he's not even the 22 there. But no. um, I'm assuming we're both on the Sharks, that's for sure. Yeah, mate. And that's at the Priz, I'm assuming. Yep, it is at the Priz. So, so no more. Sharks at the prison. You tipped against them at the prison last week. I did, because South's form was pretty good, and the troll had three pops. and That's what happens at the prison. Could not one over. Couldn't get it done, unfortunately. That's what happens at the prison, It's bluebird.com.au. I'll get down there, and then I'll go and get a wonton soup afterwards, okay? Yes, he does like talking about his Chinese food, and Mm. he loves talking about how the boxes and the food they do. He's like, Cornelli used to do good food. Now... Nothing. But you know what, Penrith, mate? They've got KFC. It's delicious. What a great move by the mm. Panthers. Brian Smart. Good work, Smart. mate. But buzzer sharks with blue I've dropped my pen, though. Too much oil on my face. <laughs> Had a couple of drummies, and I couldn't hold my oh. fucking pen. Yeah. Buzzer the sharks. It's very shiny, mate. Oh, yes. Buzzer sharks with bluebet.com.au. They're $1.30 favourite. The Dragons, three fifty five minus nine and a half. The line there. Um... 
a game probably 10 weeks ago you'd say wouldn't excite you, but I think it will be a good game given their form. My word. Is the Doggies up against the Cowboys. Round one, it was an absolute toilet bowl. but they're 6-4, both... wasn't it? Yeah. Both playing some good football here, and they're going out into the regions. Bundaberg at Salter Oval. So should be a good game of footy, but for the Doggies, uh, same 17 that won last week. Fatala Marin is listed in the reserves, but it'd be pretty early to come back from that rib injury. For the Cowboys, Felt will miss two games after coming off early with a tight hamstring. The Hammer comes in, who they've been carrying on the bench, and the new face on the bench for them is Jake Granville. Still going with the Cowboys, but I think, again, the, the Bulldogs are certainly not a pushover. No way. They will be giving nothing away for free for the back end of the season. So, um, yeah, should be a good game. And with bluebet.com.au, $1.30 favourite the Cowboys, three fifty for the Bulldogs, minus 10.5 is the line. And to close the round out, the Tiggy Tigers, who got a confidence-boosting Win last week, head back to Campbelltown to play Newcastle, who are just broken at the moment. So this is a real good opportunity to get right away from the wooden spoon and leave the Titans on their absolute lonesome. Youngster Fanua Pole gets his second crack at starting. He replaces Jackson Hastings uh, to play starting at lock. And a debutant at age 27, Tommy Freebairn will make his debut wow. off the bench. Luke Garner remains out with a neck injury. So. That's pretty special, man, because Freebairn, we had his brother mm. with us this year. Um, I've heard that name Good human, good human. We had Harry Freebairn down from Queensland this year, and he did his ACL, unfortunately. And Poor bugger. Never pulled on a jersey for us, but, uh, yeah, really, really good human. Um, Josh Daly who's our hooker, they're quite good mates, him and the free bands. And yeah, that's awesome. He's been chipping away in New South Wales Cup. He's been their um, mainstay there for the last couple of years in um, for, for West, so super happy for him, mm. super happy for him. I was glad to see, to not have his name on the team sheet when we played him on the weekend because he's... Yeah, he, well, you love so these situations, don't you? The best. They're great. It was like last week, Edwards, I spoke to Vaughn because I was late telling him I was coming to his 200th. He said, oh, I don't have a spare ticket. I said, I don't have a ticket. I was bloody by. And he goes, yeah, the young fella, Edwards, had half of Foster Tongue Curry go there because yeah. they all hand their tickets in to help the debutante. Yeah. These situations are very special. Yeah, of course. So, good on him. Uh, but for Newcastle, Bradman Best returns from a thumb injury. Onari Tuala shifts to the wing. Simi Sasagi goes back to the bench. And David Clemmer, as we said, that situation is out. He might be at Aubrey Keach playing against He might be playing against us on the Sunday. Jacob Safiyi. And Kurt Mann is amongst the reserves. He'd so. be wrapped with that, Clem. Like, he'd be wrapped to be getting on a bus to come to Aubrey Keach Reserve. Oh, yeah. On a Sunday. Three o'clock kickoff. We've got yeah. good chicken burgers, Clem. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. If there's one thing I like about Mann, he's like, beer yeah. after the game is good, but the chicken burgers are quality. Get a chicken burger and chips, mate. Yeah. Just have a chicken burger and don't play. Just tuck in, mate. Have a chicken burger and don't play, Dave. Sit do up on a, the hill. Do us a favour, mate. Sit come on. sit with me. Yeah, mate. We'll sit up in the playground and we'll have a chat, okay. mate. Maybe you can jump on the swing. <laughs> mate, sit on the returning wall blocks with Louie. Grab yep. a beer. We'll have a couple of great Northerns, a chicken burger, and we'll hurl abuse at the Knights players, mate. Yep. We can bag your own team. Come Good on, Clem. Come on, Clem. Let's do it, mate. You don't have to play, mate. No. But the odds for that one, the Tigers... We're certainly expecting him to play. Oh, or, or probably. Side. But uh, no surprise, the Tigers are favourites for... You know, it hasn't happened many times this year, but with bluebet.com.au, they are a $1.50 favourite out at Campbelltown. The Knights, two sixty minus five and a half is the line there. Um, you're going to be on the Tigers as well? Yes. 
pretty hard. You won't, you won't catch me tipping Newcastle this um, week, mate. And like I said, in terms of points, the difference this week, we've got none. We're on everything. That's okay. Exactly the same, so... I'm actually leading the Nepean News tipping comp. I have to put my tips in for that on a Monday prior to the, the that round and then also the next round. Well, I actually so work that out. Most years you've got me or we've been close and the upsets are what ruined me. This year there's been a lot of upsets. So that's been the difference. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've I'm, not saying, I'm not making no, excuses. No, I'm not saying I'm just saying, I'm just saying It this just shows year. you, doesn't it? I... I Seriously, as soon as I get the email, I do my tip straight away, give it zero thought, yeah, I do the, and I'm on top of the comp. I do that with my ESPN ones. I don't so have mine, so I just do them, because if I don't, I'll forget. That's right. And I've been getting six almost every week, even though there's been changed. I'm like, fuck, I should have changed that tip, but yeah. at least they're in. But it didn't, man. But there you go. Those odds, those tips brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to bet with anyone, bet with the true blue bookie, bluebet.com.au. Hopefully, we can get a charity winner this weekend, and again... Uh, some games there for some teams after ones with ramifications. Roosters-Broncos, obviously a big one. That's one for the Roosters where they could pull themselves in a bit closer. And if they manage to win, the Raiders lost to Penrith. Or vice versa, if they lose and Canberra win, they can pull themselves ahead. Um, you know, for South last week, probably hurt a little bit in terms of chances to sneak a top four spot, but a great opportunity to solidify their top eight spot by beating... The Warriors, you got the Sharks there against the Dragons, could kill off their season and solidify that top four position, really get their hands into it. Um, the Eels, that's that's not a given, but similar deal. They could kill off the Eagles season. There's still a lot of games with plenty of men in this week. Definitely. So plenty Definitely. to look forward to. Boxhead, nice to see your face, Matt and Dorton person. Yeah, mate. It's been good. If Thanks. you wanna if you wanna see a good game of footy, come down to Aubrey Keach on Sunday Arvo. Well, there you go. Three o'clock versus the Knights, mate. There we've got four go. games to go. We're five and five. So we're going all right. It's been good. It's been a good year. We're going all right. It's been mate. an interesting year, but it's been a good year. It's been interesting, mate. But there you go. That wraps us up for another week. Thank you to the Penrith Solar Centre, Jake and the crew. Thank you to bluebet.com.au. And I know it's been hard. We haven't done any hijacks during this period because we've been extremely busy. Well, good luck, yeah. Maybe a few near the back end of the year when... Things maybe calm down and footy's done, but that'll be closer. It'll be finals time. To the last round or a couple of the finals games, but we'll see. So if you haven't yet, download the app hijack.tv, find it on the Google or the Apple Play stores, and hopefully we can squeeze a couple of games in at the back end of the year, but we'll see what happens. Things obviously, like you said, flipped on the head once the circumstance started, but uh, there's still plenty of people on there if you want to listen to some games or if you want to commentate yourself, knock yourself out. Jump on and have a Jump on, mate. mate. Throw it out there. Tell your mates to listen to your commentator game of football. Mm. Let loose. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. 
Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. <laughs> 